0: This is the Epilogue Audio Experience.
1: What is purpose based branding? How do you crack a deal with tough clients? What are the selling strategies and tips to help you put your foot in the door? Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Voice of Achievers with me, Yashika. We're diving deep into the selling perception and selling skills along with purpose-based branding and marketing strategies with our experienced guest today. Mr. Manish Advani is a renowned corporate trainer, public speaker, and comes with an experience of over 20 years working with companies like Microsoft Canada, Jaguar, Mahindra SSG, Schindler, and more in managerial or leadership roles spread across India, the United States of America, Canada, and the Middle East. Now, the fun bit is that he is also called the coconut man of India for an initiative of his, which we will find out more about as we dive deeper. Currently, as a founder at Nemo Potentia, he helps individuals hone their storytelling and leadership skills and of course, sales skills. Uh, so happy to have you on the show. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much, Yashika. It's an honor and privilege to be with you on this show.
1: There is a story that you shared when we, uh, when we first spoke and that was around how you secured a meeting with a very tough client. Now, Tough clients is something that we all experience at some point in time in our careers as professionals, as entrepreneurs. Take us through that situation and how did you manage to crack it?
0: I still remember this was about, you know, I would say about seven, eight years ago and uh, I was in Bangalore and uh, in one of the forums, which was uh, being organized by one of the leading industry bodies in India, uh, there was one speaker who was going to you know, share his thoughts in that forum. And uh, the speaker was actually uh, uh, the CEO of one of the leading companies in uh, the South Indian region. I conveyed uh, this information to my CEO and, and my CEO, you know, went through the details who all are speaking. And he said, you know, if you get a uh, meeting with this guy, your entire Bangalore trip is a success.
1: <laughs> so that's a, the that's a thing, you know, most of uh, us are given this, Tough sort of a task by our seniors, managers, bosses at some point in time. And you to you your trip is successful.
0: And and he's like a celebrity. You know? And I was a, like I was like a small kid in front of him. And here I have a task ahead of me that you have to crack this meeting. Huh. So you know I realized he's speaking at three o'clock in the afternoon in this particular venue. which i parked myself at that hotel i mean at the reception of the hotel from 2 pm onwards i was there waiting for him i believe he got delayed for his session so while getting in um, he didn't seem to have any time to speak to anyone because he was just rushing in um, so i thought i'll have to wait now till he till his session ends so the, so what i would uh, you know what i did was i waited there for a few i mean i would say about hour and a half and in that hour and a half i did detailed profiling on this individual what are the topics he speaks on? What are his likes? What is his dislike? Whatever information I was able to gather. Many a times, what happens in sales is, you know, we just want to you know, share what we want to sh- share about our company, share about our product, share about our services, without even knowing whether that person would be interested in this or not. Without even, you know, customizing ourselves as per the needs of his business, as per the needs of that individual. So when you do detailed profiling on the person. Um, it helps in big way in striking a conversation because you know when um, he walked out uh, from his session i only had few minutes with him only few minutes and those few minutes can make or break
1: absolutely uh, yeah the deal, deal. yeah
0: so, so so you know at the back of the mind only one thing which was you know playing in my mind is that i have to crack this meeting and i will crack this meeting
1: and how did you how did that deal happen tell us what
0: So I, you know, I I, I did strike a conversation with him, I did, uh, you know, customize myself uh, with him, I said, you know, yeah, you are on a growth trajectory, you are on the next, you know, path of exponential growth. But one thing, you know, if you don't take care of these certain risks, uh, which are pretty prominent in your industry, uh, and you know, that one risk can bring your entire organization at stake. And I connected it with uh, the snakes and ladder game, which we play. And was
1: he impressed? Was he, impressed? he
0: was impressed. He was able to visualize and that five minute or not even five minutes, the three minutes conversation, which was, I would say, like a power talk uh, when we were face to face with each other, led to an hour long meeting. Lovely. In fact, uh, you know, a week later, he was scheduled to come to Mumbai and he had a he had few critical meetings and he said, you know, the first thing I would do after landing in the airport is meet you guys and I'll reschedule my other meeting. And instead of we going to his office, he came to our office to meet us. Which
1: which brings me to the push and the pull strategy of selling. Uh, Tell us what works and what doesn't and how to use the push and pull strategy at which juncture to use each or either.
0: Every business is different. um, And I would say, you know, based on time, place and circumstance, you have to make the moves, whether you want to push or you want to, you know. Uh, pull. I mean, there are, I mean, and I have leveraged on um, either of them depending on time, place, uh, circumstance. But based on, you know, the amount of time I have spent uh, working for different companies in the industry. And uh, most of my experience has been mainly into B2B industry. Uh, but what I can say is, you know, uh, whether it's uh, push or will pull, I would say incorporate the concept of purpose, uh, purpose in whatever you are doing. In Hindi, there is a saying, right, Ek teer se do nishan. And there are multiple ways you can do it. So if you are pushing your ads, incorporate the concept of purpose. With purpose, we emotionally connect with the end user. The end user, when he emotionally connects, uh, you know, and uh, the the end user might uh, straight away say, you know, I want to work with this company. And especially in current times, people prefer working with companies which are socially responsible companies. So that social quotient helps. I mean, I know many companies are doing good amount of work in the social area, but they don't capitalize on that work or leverage on that work in the interest of their organization. They actually work in silos. Their marketing team works in silos, uh, as compared to they don't talk to the CSR team, and CSR team is doing significant amount of work. Marketing team is not leveraging on that. So, so when you are pushing your ad see how you can connect and one ad which comes to my mind is the Ford ad i mean if you see how they i mean although the car the vehicle which they have is a big vehicle but they are actually challenging the stereotypes um, and making them think gaadi bada hai, tumhari soch bhi bada honi chahiye. so so that one ad comes when it comes to push marketing so you have to uh, i mean and and if you see there's a big purpose here that you know yeah you might have a big car but don't inflate your ego so moving further on the pull strategy, pull strategy is mainly when we, you know, we uh, dive deeper into the area of, you know, thought leadership, how we evolve in the area of thought leadership. And here also we can connect or can connect with the concept of purpose. Uh, so one example, which comes to my mind, uh, I remember, you know, when I was selling cybersecurity solutions, uh, initially, you know, I would sell that as a product as it is, you know, we do this, we do that. I mean, this is how we uh, look into the areas of people, process, technology. But eventually I realized, you know, what I'm doing, I'm doing the same thing again and again. My life was becoming monotonous. So sooner in, in some in due course of time, I got into, you know, uh, storytelling. Now oh, I can pull people leveraging on stories.
1: Yeah. Give us an example of that and give us an example of how uh, individuals, organizations, professionals can use storytelling to their advantage to sell
0: tell them, you know, just imagine if someone breaks into your organization, forget about data or financial or reputation laws, think about the impact it would have on people whose livelihoods are dependent on you. Think about the people, think about the entire value chain, which depends on you. Not only the impact would be on the employees of the company, the impact would also be on the third parties. And when we are in business, more than business, it's also that business is also a big service because you're creating multiple opportunities in the society. I mean, in addition to this, I would also bring in multiple personal stories.
1: Right. So what about if, if I were to, you know, ask you if you could give us situation one and a selling strategy and situation two and a selling strategy accordingly, uh, two different situations maybe and a, a different selling approach for each from your experience.
0: Wow, that's an interesting question which you've asked. Um, situation one, I mean, you know, it uh, depends who you are talking to. Like in the business which I was in, I would deal with people who were CEOs, uh, chief risk officers, CTOs, CIOs. So in situation one, which uh, comes to my mind is, uh, you know, one gentleman said, uh, I mean, this is a true story which I'm sharing with you. Yeah. Uh, this gentleman happened to be. Devoted to Lord Balaji, and he everywhere you go in his office. I mean, on multiple places you see pictures of Balaji. So, so he, so he would say, you know, when I uh, pitched him our services, he said, you know, yeah, I mean, this sounds good. This is, he said, I do whatever I can do. You know what I, I have the basic things in place, uh, but but you know, my high dependence is on Lord Balaji. So I said, you know, sir, I mean, yeah, I believe. I mean, you know, you're a strong follower of Lord Balaji and uh, like I said, nothing wrong with Lord Balaji, nothing against with Lord Balaji, but you know, I, I can open your car in five seconds. I know guys, I can't open, but I know guys who can open your car in five seconds and they can steal your car. He said, you are right. I said, you know, get any towing guy five seconds. I said, you still lock your car, right? Why don't you keep your car unlocked? Um, keep it unlocked. Lord Balaji is there. He'll take care of you. So in this situation, I handled it. I said, you still lock your car. So similarly, you should have certain things in place. So if I'm reading this
1: correctly, one ends up using their beliefs and their values or stories and blend it into your proposition.
0: Yeah. So you have to customize yourself. You have to think of, you know, I mean, uh, straight. I mean, when I was in conversation with him, I had to think of examples which are, which will resonate with him. So this was something uh, which I, this was situation one. And in situation two, there was a guy whom I met, uh, you know, who found the proposition interesting, but he felt, you know, we are too expensive.
1: Very interesting point. Very interesting point. Many a times, you know, this is a, you know, a hindrance of sorts in sales that you send a a quotation, you send your proposition and uh, you've reached that entry point, but... Either there is a hindrance from the client side that uh, the the proposition is very expensive, or there is a certain silence because it is expensive.
0: Yeah, so so in the in this in this case, I had to you know actually give him the entire example of cost benefit analysis. I said, yeah, while you are seeing the cost, but why are you not looking at the benefits you are getting in return? So so the benefits which you are getting in return, I mean, God forbid, imagine, I mean, if you pass away. I, I gave him an example from an insurance industry and that's all the personal ins- example I gave him. I said, you know, and I was only a few years old, my father passed away and we didn't have insurance.
1: Right.
0: So if you don't have insurance, now what? I mean, I mean, you know, my mother kind of ex- uh, experienced some kind of homelessness. I mean, she was living out of different le- relative's homes. So I said, you know, God forbid if something goes wrong, you are looking at some that kind of the premium payment, which you're paying the insurance premium payment, which you pay if you look that, uh, look at that payment as a burden if you if you find that too expensive, if something goes wrong, imagine the co- uh, amount of uh, expense you will incur. Forget about the expense, I mean the reputation loss and many other because this was a reputed company. If things go wrong, the media is going to you know question especially the talk by who's on the top table
1: when When we talk about sales, and I know you have experienced this, when they are bigger players. Uh, and when you're new to the industry, and there are players who have been there for a while and that are trusted, how does one establish themselves? And what are the strategies or tips that you have used? So tell us, how do you establish yourself in a market that is already taken by players?
0: Yeah, the first thing which you know, which is important to keep in mind. Yes, I mean there will always be big players in the industry. Um, I remember, you know, way back in nineteen uh, no, sorry nineteen nineties or it was early 2000s, um, there was a com- fierce competition between Microsoft and Intuit, and oh, I mean, Intuit had come with QuickBooks, and uh, we see in that story. I mean, the Intuit was Microsoft had, I believe, that time money or I think another product which was competing with Intuit. But Intuit, uh, you know, was a small company in front of a big giant like Microsoft. So in my experience, I have also experienced similar situation. I was working for a company which was a fairly small startup, and. Uh, this fairly small startup was actually competing against the giants in the industry and these are established giants since over 50 years they are already in the account which you want to obtain and they're doing the thing which you are also doing now what we could I mean you need to create point of differentiation if you're offering the same thing I mean many a times people say oh you know I'll offer it cheaper to you but they'll say you know we are already working with them since years I mean for saving 10-20 percent we're not going to change the vendors right. and the, apart from that they're doing multiple other things with us and the relationship is also there so you have to create a point of differentiation and our differentiation was that you know yes our competitions are offering you a service which is a service of audit but here we are we are offering you a service which is a very different service um, we, we give you something which is very different than what they are offering because in, in case of a typical audit um, you know people dress up when the audit is announced as much as possible but here we are operating, offering your service in which a team would be deployed. We'll be doing a covert operation to actually show you where the virus is. So it's a choice which you have to make. And initially, I mean, yes, I mean, you know, it was a challenge to get one, two customers. But when you have one, two customers, then you leverage on them uh, for, you know, um, reaching out to their connections if they have seen value in your work. So, so the first part was, you know, yes, creating point of differentiation. Uh, and that you can create when you have the mindset of challenging the status quo. And then the second point is, uh, you know, you start leveraging on your customers, turn them into your brand ambassadors, look at referrals, look at testimonials, look at feedback, and then you build your organization.
1: How do you crack the first conversation with one of the first customers, maybe a big customer? What is the strategy or a tip that you would give?
0: So I would say, you know, don't jump uh, to direct uh, sales don't don't you know bring out i mean i i know i mean you know i've done multiple meetings in which you know i have not even talked about what i do for customers i don't even talk about what am i what have i come to sell you so so we we get into a conversation which is a out of the office conversation and this conversation is a customized conversation which which the sales guy has to build uh, depending you know uh, on the deep diving he's done in the profile of that individual right because when you do deep diving, it, it's a lot easier uh, to, you know, strike a conversation. No, oh, I realize you have graduated from so-and-so college and uh, coincidentally, my brother was in this college and, yeah. you know, he talks very high about this college. This is what he loved. This is what he loved. I mean, this is the canteen which you have in the canteen. There's a menu, um, you know, which is a very creatively created menu and, and the menu is a uh, uh, something which is being created based on uh, the students who have studied in this college. Uh, students are uh, given an opportunity to cook something which is unique. And if the college ca- canteen guys find that interesting, they name that dish after that student. So when you strike a conversation like this and he says, wow, I mean, you know, well, then he talks about, oh, I miss these days. And then you start building on those conversations. Oh, the I warming also, up. You
1: know, the warming up. warming up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so the example which I gave you was of Mica campus in Ahmedabad. They have a beautiful campus. They have beautiful different joints in the different parts of campus. And uh, the dishes in um, one of their uh, cafes is named after the student who created that dish. Okay. And, and when you build this conversation, you are actually, you are not realizing, you are actually getting into a, a building of a stronger relationship with that customer. And he will go all out to do whatever is necessary. If he finds your value proposition equally interesting.
1: Tell us about the selling perception and if there are any myths, would you break two myths for us?
0: Oh gosh! I mean, don't ask me this. You take me back into the history, you know, when I was struggling uh, to sell a service uh, which involved perception selling. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the service was a three, two, fee, four weeks uh, engagement which we used to sell, and uh, this was basically the service involved a covert operation uh, which was only known to the CEO after he engaged us. Yeah. So, so when I would you know, meet the CXOs uh, to present my value proposition, they would ask me, you know, what will be the outcome of this engagement? And my answer would be, I don't know. You know, at times they would look at me with a blank face. I mean, you know, you are selling me a service or a service, and I'm answering, I'm, I'm saying, I don't know. So, so you know, after going through multiple failure, sales is such a beautiful thing that you, know, you learn on the go. Uh, provided you are an open-minded person. Sales is something, you know, every sale, are you listening to the failures or listening to where you went wrong and and working on those failures or shortcomings? I think then you will evolve in the area of sales. So in my case, when I initially, you know, experienced multiple failures where I would be very technical in my pitch, or, you know, we address the concerns in the area of people, process, technology, we do this, we do that. But, you know, when I evolved from, you know, uh, making technical pitches, uh, to you know, selling in a very creative way, wherein I would you know make them uh, ask them questions um, instead of you know making a direct sale. The question would be very simple questions, uh, which would help them you know think about it. I would you know ask them a basic question So "Do you pay a regular visits to the doctor?" Then the answer would be, "Yes, I do go to a doctor once in six months or eight months or in a year. I do a yearly checkup to find out you know there's anything wrong with my system." Everything looks okay. He said, you know, when he tells me everything looks okay, I'll feel good. So I said, you know, the way you go to a doctor. So similarly, we do a check to see, you know, where are, if if there is something which is Relatability is what
1: I get from this. Relatability, customization, and of course, uh, warming up, right?
0: Yes. And then they are able to relate, they're able to think. And these are some things which, you know, every CXO does.
1: What are the top two skills that people need?
0: Uh, for sales uh the top two skills i would say you know uh, one would be listening listening is very important unfortunately it's becoming a forgotten skill because the amount of data we get on different gadgets is phenomenal so listening would be one and second would be gratitude uh, gratitude is something which at times you know many sales people don't realize they feel that you know customer if he doesn't give me order he's useless he is for nothing and many a times we make ugly faces yeah but i would say gratitude plays a big role so don't and, and to put gratitude in practice keep in mind the, the three c's which i picked up from one of the books of dale carnegie which are do not complain criticize or condemn and why i'm saying gratitude is you know that person is giving you your time yeah. if he has given you his 30 minutes from his busy schedule today you know if somebody comes and asks me that you know can you give me 30 minutes I will I'll think 10 times before, uh, you know, giving those 30 minutes. But if he ask me, can you give me a check of 500? Yeah, I would, you know, prefer giving check of 500. So, so, so one needs to value that time. Are you valuing those 30 minutes which he is us? Value that person's time. And when you start valuing that person, you will also get value in return.
1: Very nice. I want to know about this Coconut Man story. What is, what is also interesting is that your life's path changed after that, right? Uh, tell us about that story.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, my life changed after, um, you know, embarking on multiple initiatives which are in the interest of the society. So I'm not sure if you recollect in 2016, there was a big fire in the Devnar garbage dump. It had become world news. There was smog over uh, Mumbai city. So, so, you know, in, in that in, during that time, I realized the root cause of the problem. While people were cribbing, they were protesting against the government and some people were, you know, asking me to help them out because I was in marketing. They wanted me to run a campaign against the government and I felt, you know, I'm going to be able to achieve uh, if I do a campaign against the government. The mm-hmm. second option was keep quiet. Third option was be the change you want to see. And I decided to address the problem. To address the problem, I realized, you know, I need to do something around garbage. So, you know, I started my journey by recycling the waste, which was coming out of my home. And while recycling waste, one day, you know, my wife gave me coconut shells. He said, now even recycle this. And they were bulky in size. And I realized, you know, if I put them in a recycled bin, they'll you know, consume a lot of space and going to take a lot of time to decompose. So instead, I, you know, I had an idea of growing plants in these shells and the plants grew wonderful, uh, wonderfully well and one of the first ones which I grew was periwinkle hmm. and within a few weeks we saw flowers blooming, flowers in, uh, in the plants we grew in these shells and uh, you know over the period of time I had, my whole window was filled with plants being grown in coconut shells and we started gifting these plants to Lovely. different leaders in the society whether it was Akshay Kumar in the celebrity world, Abhishek Bachchan to Prakash Javrekar was um, Honorable Minister of uh, Environment at that point of time and to many other leaders, many other leaders in the industry. And the whole thing became bigger and bigger. And in my even dreams, I never thought that one day I'm going to be in, speaking on a TEDx platform. And it led to an invitation on uh, to do my first TEDx talk. And eventually that led to multiple invitations. Uh, side of my mind was saying no you won't be able to do this and you have never spoken in any forum as such how will you manage you might be a big disaster in front of people and the other side of my mind which was an optimist was saying go for it I mean this is an opportunity this is the way to go and I didn't want to make fool of myself in front of a elite crowd which comes for TEDx events and I decided to do some kind of a practice and I told one of my friends uh, who has some connects in colleges that can you arrange uh, my talk in one of the colleges? I would like to do a test run. And that, uh, you know, that first talk, which I did, the test run I did was on a different subject, which was on VUCA. And uh, I still remember when I went, uh, when I was addressing the students for the first time in that college on VUCA, I thought, you know, I'll set the stage by asking questions to the students. The first question I asked was, how many of you know about VUCA? And the one kid, you know, he raised his hand, oh, sir, I know about uh, this subject. And I was so happy. I had a big smile on my face. I was like, wow, one person at least knows. And he was a casual and a notorious guy. He says, you know, the, this kid said, you know, I don't know about Vukka, but I know about hookah.' <laughs> okay. So, so for, you know, that particular moment, uh, my face was actually, you know, I mean, the smile completely vanished. And I was like in a state of I mean, I was in a catch 11 situation. I didn't know now what to do, because I never faced a setback. This was the first time I'm addressing an audience. And for a minute, I was i was actually broken. But then I felt if I break down today, I'm never going to be able to make it. Yeah. So, so in my mind, I mean, the pessimist was all the time, you know, we all have optimist and pessimist in our mind. So I had to actually shut down the pessimist. And I said, you know, I'm going to win over this. So, so after taking a pause, I said, you know, if you don't know about hookah then you won't be able to even enjoy your hookah. So I would say that's how I was able to embrace change. That's how I was able to evolve and get through that phase, uh, which I mean, which I would say was a roadblock uh, in a way.
1: All of this began with a purpose. You also talk about purpose-based branding. Tell us about purpose-based branding and why and how it can be used by young uh, individuals today.
0: Purpose-based branding is a branding in which one meaningfully increases one's brand visibility, one's or organization's brand visibility while impacting the society in which we operate. And uh, I would say, you know, what inspired me to get on this journey is a famous quote by Sir Jamshedji Tata in which he says, you know, in a free enterprise uh, community is not just any other stakeholder, it's the very essence of business. So we operate our business, our customers, our vendors, our uh, suppliers, our um, employees. Our third parties, they all come from the community which we operate. So, you know, if we are connected with that community, it can help us in multiple ways. One is like, you know, the world's talking about customer centricity. By the way, customer centricity begins with people centricity. Who are customers? Customers are at the end are people who actually take decisions of buying our product or services or, or, you know, who decide to hire us in their organization. So at at that level, so we are actually dealing with people in our life. India is a country which has got over hundred, uh, over a billion people as part of its population. Now, with billion people as a part of the population, if we don't think about the community which we live in, if we don't think about inclusivity, the world's talking about diversity and inclusion. Many a times, you know, diversity takes the hot seat, diversity is taken care of. But where companies uh, struggle is in the area of inclusion. So that's my second reason which would be first was the reason people-centered, second would be this, third is that you know yes, we all are looking for happiness in this world. Um, in the Sindhi culture where I grew up, uh, you know one of the famous saying is Vandvirai pay," which means you know if you want to be happy in life, start sharing what you have with others. Sorry, I just shared with you why youngsters should uh, you know center their lives around purpose. Now I'll come to the how part, how they can go about centering their lives around purpose. There are four ways, you know, I believe every individual can serve the community. One is through life, another is intelligence, third is their wealth and fourth is through their words. And this is from, you know, this is something which I picked up from an ancient uh, text, which I came across. Uh, Now coming to an individual level, I know an individual teenager, you know, who, um while going to college would dedicate his entire weekend so weekdays he would give time to his studies and college and weekends he would work as a weekend warrior for an ngo which was solarifying multiple villages which were struggling with <coughs> electricity there was a company a multinational company which came to interview different students on campus so when they interviewed you know they interviewed so most of the interviews they did were lasted for seven to eight minutes but when they interviewed this uh, youngster this teenager they, this interview went for hour and a half and uh, you know people outside were wondering what's going on inside and he was actually sharing with them the entire learnings which he got from working with an NGO while studying in uh, college so he, he said you know I learned project management I learned people management I learned problem solving I learned decision making I learned many other things while working on multiple projects of. Solarifying villages. Lovely. The company picked him up. The company gave him a big break. Um, within six months, he was transferred to their global headquarters in United States of America. And now he's actually, you know, as I said, life, wealth, intelligence, words. Now, earlier he was serving through his intelligence. Earlier he was serving through his time, which he was giving through his life. Um, now he's serving through his wealth. Lovely. And this is what uh, you know. Purpose can do. It can take us out of you know day-to-day circus.
1: So lovely. What does achievement mean to you?
0: Achievement is exciting, uh, but at the same time, you know, it humbles me. There are seven continents and seven continents, you know, one of the countries which is there is India. And in India, there's a place called Mumbai. And in Mumbai, there's a small town, which is Chambur. Hmm. And in that Chambo, which is a small town, there's one person who lives, is me. And, uh, you know, if I start thinking, if I become obsessed or carried away with uh, uh, the achievement, which... Um, The achievement, then it can actually lead to a fall. While there's excitement, there's happiness when you achieve something. uh, But you know, to do more, more bigger things in life, it's it's better to you know take achievements with a pinch of salt and smile and you know move Move on. That you know what else I can do in life.
1: Can't thank you enough to have spoken to us and shared with us about purpose, about uh, your selling strategies and tips and tricks. Uh, Maybe all find our purpose. Thank you so much for being on the show.
0: So thank you so much for having me on the show. It was an honor and privilege to interact with you this afternoon.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to share your thoughts and feedback in the comment section. Do rate us on Apple Podcasts if you like the episode. Subscribe or hit follow Voice of Achievers on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Hubhopper, Spotify, GeoSavan. Ghana, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Send us an email on editor at voiceofachievers.com or find us on voiceofachievers.com to share guest suggestions or topics that you'd like us to cover. Don't forget to tune in next week again. Voice of Achievers on Epilogue Media